Hey there, horror movie tea sippers. The following podcast episode will contain spoilers for the movie we are about to review. If you have not seen the movie and do not wish to have anything ruined prematurely, please do not continue to watch or listen until you have seen the movie. And welcome to the Horror Movie Tea Podcast. Today we are covering The Voices, which came out in 2015, surprisingly. And I'm pretty sure this was a Carrie or V request. Pretty sure it was V. One of the two. Thanks for the request, <laughs> whoever it was. Appreciate it. Uh, but before we go into the review, let's grab our cups and talk about tea. I am drinking <laughs> the Plum Deluxe Garden Grove Green Tea, which has green tea, jasmine flowers, rose petals, dried cherries, and vanilla essence. And I am drinking Bigelow's Vanilla Chai Black Tea. Ooh. And it's got black tea, spices, natural and artificial flavors, which soy lechen, or lecithin, lecithin? Let's try and decipher this together. <laughs> I think it's uh, lecithin. Okay. Something like that. And I added a little bit of sugar and milk. Yeah. To make it creamy and sweet. That's good stuff. <laughs> I can never, like, make a good chai latte with milk. Like, I always... Like, I feel like you almost have to steep it halfway through the water and then halfway through the milk. Like, every time I make it, I always water it down too much, and then I'm sad. It's a hard balance. Um, I probably should have added a little bit more milk, but I didn't want to without heating up the milk itself, which is a process, and we didn't have time for that today. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, I have a milk frother and it warms it up. It would have been fun to have like a, a, a frothy little warm milk thing. You tell me this now? I'm sorry, I didn't How think dare. about it. I didn't think about it next time. I am betrayed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I betrayed my friend. <laughs> anyway. Yes, but thank you so much Plum Deluxe for allowing us to continue to do what we love and of course for our lovely tea sippers out there brew yourself a cup of tea sit back relax and we hope you enjoy the review so for the summary i'm i'm excited about this one jerry is a chipper guy working at a bath fixtures mm-hmm. factory with the offbeat charm of anyone who could use a few friends yeah, it was milton faucet and fixtures factory yeah With encouragement from his court-appointed psychiatrist, he pursues his office crush, but their relationship takes a sudden murderous turn after she stands up for a date. Guided by his evil talking cat and benevolent talking dog, Jerry must decide whether to keep striving for normalcy or indulge in the sinister. Thank you, IMDb. (laughs) I did tweak it a little bit, but yes. So for entertainment, this is the very first time, surprisingly, that I had ever seen this movie. And I had heard nothing but good things about it. And I can see why. So I would personally rate this a 7.5. It's like, it's one of those movies, like it's a really good, oddly fun, but disturbing movie. But you kind of have to be in the mood. To watch it. At least for me. 
this embodiment and murder and stuff, like, I have to be in the right mood for it. Especially She's whenever... not a gore person. Especially whenever it's, like, taken to that light-hearted. Yeah. Like, crime, crime documentaries, I can watch those all day, every day. I can go to sleep with that. But whenever a movie is like, oh, let's make it light-hearted, I don't know. It's just, like, the contrast of, like, light flowery to, like, death and gore. I don't know. But yeah, it's like, it's, it's just a weirdly lighthearted movie with just a lot of messed up scenes. So it's definitely not a movie for everybody. But it is, I like some of the things that they do. Like, for example, whenever he takes his pills and then he wakes up and it's just like, you see the reality of what actually is happening. And I think that's really smart of them because it's like, at first you're like, why the heck is it like so happy-go-lucky But you realize that, you know, they're filming from the perspective of this, this character. So it's a way to like tell the audience that without like dumbing it down. And of course, compliments to how they portrayed Mr. Whiskers. (laughs) It's so accurate. (laughs) But it's like, you know, they're not all cats are like that. I know my sweet little Navi baby. She wouldn't do that. But Except around feeding time. Yeah, but then she just like. (laughs) screams <laughs> she's like ah, food but uh it was just mr Whis- whiskers definitely like was one of the best characters in the movie yes. it was just so great it does seem like they don't outright state what he has but it sounds like he might be schizophrenic with possibly like bipolar i know uh, i was reading some other people's take and they think that might he may have some OCD tendencies and maybe some um, dissociative identity disorder, but they don't explicitly say. So it's really up to breaking down with the viewer. And the problem with a lot of like mental health disorders is there's a lot of overlap between them. It's usually kind of a combo platter. Yeah. And also it's interesting because it's like, if you have one certain like mental health issue, it can also branch into other things like people that have anxiety that can then possibly have like OCD and then possibly depression. It's just, it's a, it's a web. <laughs> you, you typically don't have just one. But anyways, it's uh, a grab bag. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately I found that out the hard way. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> um, But it's like, I really don't have a whole lot to say about this movie. Like, it's just a solid movie overall. Like, they they do pretty great with the storytelling. I I really like the, the, just the shift in tone whenever it's his head versus reality. And it's like, at first I was kind of grappling in the beginning of like, oh, are they kind of like putting into positive light what he's doing but no it's like in the throughout the movie he struggles with what he did and then in the end he ends up succumbing to the smoke because he's like I don't want to cause any more pain and suffering so it's like I I feel like this could have been a movie where a lot of people argued oh it glorifies you know what he's going through and and stuff like that I think you know maybe with him talking to his animals 
that could potentially be seen as maybe glorifying it because it's like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to talk to your animals? But at the same time, I'm like, well, I feel like he realizes it's like, no, it's me putting my voice to my animals. Like, I, I feel like they kind of explain all of the things that could have been taken as a, a negative light mm-hmm. towards the movie. They definitely make it clear that it's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that it's what like, he's doing is definitely wrong. Yeah, because it's like, I feel like the movie starts off one way where you're like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this, but then they end up kind of like wrapping mm-hmm. up. It's like, no, this is not okay. Like, this is just his experience. And um, so I feel like overall they did a, a great job. It's a pretty solid movie. It's definitely not a movie for for everybody, but even as, you know, I don't enjoy gore at all, but even I, I definitely enjoyed the movie and am very glad that I watched it. I love this movie. (laughs) This is not the first time I had seen this movie. I'm so glad that someone requested this movie. (laughs) We could have watched it without a request. When do we have the time lately? Well, now, yeah. (laughs) We've become too famous. (laughs) We're just busy. I don't know about famous. We have a a lot of loyal (laughs) listeners out there. Yes, and we appreciate each and every one of them. We love when everyone participates. Yes. Like comments, giving us requests. It just often makes us all happy It's a good problem to have, having so many requests that were scheduled out for a few months. Yeah. It's a gift (laughs) and yet a curse. (laughs) Now it's just a matter of finding what will go where. (laughs) Yeah. Which is what voting is for. Yes. But it's, I'm so glad that someone requested this. We really appreciate it. And um, I do give this a 7.25. Oh. As much as I love it, I do also kind of have to be in the mood for it. Not from the gore perspective or anything, but just because some of the scenes are just so out there. (laughs) Especially the ending when they're just singing and dancing and all. That's kind of the credit scene, too, though. It's kind of weird. But yeah, it is weird. <laughs> so it's it's not like the first kind of horror movie that I would grab. This is definitely a, a lighter horror. So if you don't like the super, super scary, but just want a little bit of disturbing and unsettling kind of horror, this is a good one to jump into. Yeah. It's, it's one that'll make you feel for the antagonist of the movie. Which is the main character. He is the killer. <laughs> but at the same time, there there are certain scenes, especially at the beginning, that you're like, oh, poor baby. <laughs> and you kind of just want to root for him and want him to be protected and loved. Yeah, because it's like he doesn't, like, whenever he's crushing on... Uh, his co-worker, like, it doesn't come off as creepy. Not or per se. It's just, like, naive. Yeah. 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 He's, and it the movie does a great job of showing certain characters feeling uncomfortable around him. Yeah. But him not picking up on those social cues or feelings or vibes, whatever you want to call it, which I can see is kind of accurate, depending yeah. on the situation. Some people just don't pick up on it, especially when you have a crush, you kind of have blinders on anyway, I feel like. So it was it was interesting to see the, the different interactions between the characters and how they perceived him. He didn't necessarily do anything wrong or outwardly creepy. 
he was just a little naive and kind of awkward. And some people took that as, oh, that's kind of cute and sweet. And others are like, I feel put off by this. I really don't want to be around this character. <laughs> yeah. So there was a, a good range there. Um, it was also interesting to see the the huge, the vast difference in his perception versus actual reality, like you were saying before. The everything being clean and nice and everything is wonderful, everything's fine when he's off the meds versus the filth that he's living in. The the pet feces everywhere, the boxes of pizza everywhere wrapped in plastic, and just general filth of his apartment, and how everything seems so much more dreary when he's on the meds. Yeah. It's just, it's such an interesting difference. Yeah. And you can really tell that that's one of the things, one of the reasons why he hates taking the meds. Because he prefers his nicer, kinder reality versus what's actually happening. Yeah, and it's like, honestly, the fact that shows you the different dynamics, it, you kind of can't blame him for that. Yeah, not particularly. He does mention also in a therapy session, like, the the bad parts are really bad, but the high parts are beautiful and wonderful. And he would rather have those really low points so he can have those high points. And I really like that they express that in the movie. Not just verbally, but visually. Yeah. So that's mostly what I have for entertainment. It's just a very fun movie. I love the disturbing scenes and the switch between his perception and what other people actually see and what's really going on. Yeah. And the horror of it, whenever you see that, just a little glimpse of, and just knowing that it's there also. When you've seen the movie before and you know what's actually there, you're just like, ah. <laughs> well, even like whenever it flips, like whenever it showed her head talking, but then when he took his meds and then he's like, oh, there's a... There was clear decay. It's like whenever she goes back to talking, you're like, he's literally just talking to a decaying head. Yes. Especially whenever he feeds her his cereal. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, he, he yeah, continued that, to eat after that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so it has some really good ways of making your audience very unsettled. Yeah, like it, it's, it's cheery yet unsettling yes. and disturbing. <laughs> yeah. They they do it in such a light way that it, it makes it all the more unsettling because it's so yeah. light and yeah. they don't expressly say it. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. I wanted to give it higher. I really did. But certain things in the realism took it down some. Of course. And it just, again, it's one of those that I have to be in a mood for. I still love the movie and I love the animals in it, especially the cat. (laughs) But it's not the, the definitive first one I would grab either. And it kind of requires more than one watch, really. Yeah, I'll watch it again for sure. So, that's what I got for entertainment. (laughs) Okay. So, for realism, this one was kind of hard because since you're, like, so in his head, it's hard to distinguish 
what's actually happening. But so I tried to do my best, but I would give this a four. And the reason being is I think that this movie does a really good job in expressing what it's like to go through like mental health issues. And it's like for some people, it's like, yes, medication definitely can help and make your life better. But, you know, there there are circumstances where, you know, some people would rather have those highs and lows. But so but and then also the fact that it's it's not just about the fact that he's hearing voices like there's multiple things going on. It's like I like the way that they layer it, but it's like I, I tried to find articles I was hoping to find an article where someone who previously or was struggling with schizophrenia or some sort of disorder similar to the one in this movie, I would be really interested to hear their perspective. But I couldn't find an article, unfortunately, on that. I couldn't even find an article that like a psychiatrist or psychologist wrote about this movie, which is a bummer. Because I would love to hear that kind of review for this movie. Yeah, it's like I would love to hear their perspective on and if it actually is accurate. Because I feel like it is important to have movies that address mental health. Mm -hmm. But it's also, I feel like, just as important to make sure that it's portrayed in an accurate fashion. And also in a fashion that is respectful yes which i i think that this particular one i don't know i would consider it respectful maybe there's a perspective that maybe i'm not seeing i mean it's definitely an extreme view of it yeah yeah but it's a movie they're gonna make it a bit more exaggerated yeah so it's like it's really hard to comment on that but it's like from what i know it appears like it was fairly accurate Mm -hmm. but as far as the things that weren't so accurate the like whenever they hit the deer and the fact that the deer like comes through the dashboard it seems they are extremely lucky that neither one of them got like stabbed by Mm -hmm. the antlers or or got like hurt worse than they did like, people will hit a deer and literally, like, die. Yeah. Because it's just this massive animal. It's like hitting another car where it's just, like, it's just massive devastation. And and it can cause a lot of harm to a person. So, it's like, I was just like, well, that, that was quite the coincidence. I was surprised that it wasn't flailing more. That's true. That's very true. And then its head, like, could mm-hmm. have, like, hit them and... Um, injured them and that's a huge issue oftentimes is um yeah at first they might be a little stunned but they're also going to be extremely panicked and they're going to flail about yeah that that just seemed a little bit more i mean i know stuff like that has happened before Mm -hmm. where it's like people hit a deer and they're able to walk away unscathed it's plausible it just seemed a little yeah especially the way that it like went into the truck Mm -hmm. and stuff um, and then also the the biggest thing was him hiding the the bodies. It just it's like it didn't really seem like he was trying that terribly hard. And the fact that he put them in boxes and you could see through that there's like toes and hand parts. Yeah, it's like 
it just seems like he wasn't really hiding his tracks very well. And it's like, if you're going through all of the effort to cut up a body, maybe go just one little extra inch and like, I mean, this is morbid, but grind it up or something like make it look like ground beef or something, you know, is like people aren't going to think much about that if they're like investigating, but they open up your freezer and they see, you know, fingernails and they're going to know that something's up. So I'm just surprised that he got away with it as long as he did. Because it just didn't seem like he was that great at covering up his tracks. Especially, like, after um, Lisa disappeared. Yes. That was the biggest it, one. It's like they knew... The the coworkers knew that he went on a date with her. And so it just seems surprising that they wouldn't contact her family. And maybe her family would contact the police. It just... It felt like the police were contacted, like, really late in the game. Because it's like, it's a missing person. And it's like, obviously, that... It made it seem like that wasn't her typical thing. So, you know, they would know that something was wrong. But anyways. And then I felt like the the psychologist, psychiatrist, I'm assuming psychiatrist since he was put on meds. But she, whenever he kidnapped her, she did not seem very good at navigating the situation. No. Uh, especially in the beginning, whenever she like, very obviously grabs her phone to try and dial 911. Which first is like, if she's a court-appointed psychiatrist, I would think that since she deals with people that are potentially more dangerous, that she would have a panic button under Mm -hmm. her desk. But even if that wasn't the case, it's like she just very obviously grabbed it. And then once he kidnapped her... A lot of the time, she'd just panic. She's like, I'm scared. And and it's like whenever she is sitting on his truck and she was talking to him, giving him therapy, I felt like we're like, okay, now she's getting him on her side and she'll be able to, like, manipulate him and hopefully get out of the situation. But no, she then just goes back to panicking. And it's like, you're a psychiatrist. It's like, obviously, you know, you're in a very high-stakes situation, and maybe you should use all of your skills that you have to try and navigate out of that situation. Diffuse the situation. Yeah, it's just that. I'm like, man, she... She played that horribly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have doubts. That's all I can really think of specifically. I'm sorry, I so. forgot. What did you read it? I gave it a four. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> yep. Cool. So I give it a two. Um, oh dang! Yeah, I I do like this movie, and I like the the way they portray certain things. But the whole situation itself does not seem very realistic to me. It seemed like no one really knew the specifics at his job of the court appointed psychiatrist or anything like his background. And I feel like they would have had extensive background checks, like they normally do for. For many jobs. And maybe that's like a HR only type of... Yeah, but when people start going missing, and he's been connected to at least two of them, I feel like, you know, police would have been notified. Also, the police were almost nowhere in the movie. They were notified of the the organs that were found, the remnants uh, found by the hikers from the first victim, but... There were no interviews 
at the workplace. You didn't see them anywhere looking over the car. You barely saw them on the news. And then they called the the killer a serial killer after one victim, which makes zero sense. <laughs> you really commented. It drove me nuts. <laughs> You're talking about this while we were watching the movie, too. Yes. He's not a serial killer. It made me so mad. One kill does not a serial killer make. (laughs) Yeah, because then literally anyone would be a serial killer. Yes. Well, that's kill someone. That's not. That's not how it works. And technically speaking, he's not even technically a serial killer in the movie. Even after the three kills, he's technically a spree killer. There was no cooling off period, really. They were made in fairly rapid succession. So, and there wasn't like a ritual aspect to it either. It was just a thing that happened. The last one was a spur of the moment thing, mostly to try to cover his own ass. Yeah. So, no. (laughs) That's not how any of it works. But especially after the second kill, Lisa... There was no police presence. There was no, hey, this guy went on at least one date with her. She was going to his place. Like, she asked for his address to take something to him. There was no, maybe she got in an accident, nothing. There was no police presence at all in the movie until the very end, really. And that was after... A couple of people had seen the state of his apartment and called. (laughs) Yeah. So it just did not make any kind of logical sense at all. (laughs) I also don't understand why more people didn't feel put off by him. If his apartment was in that bad a state of filth, if nothing else, just from the pets... How did he not smell? That's what I was thinking. That's a big dog. (laughs) Leaving messes everywhere. Yeah. And that smell gets in everything. Yeah. And I mean, clothes, I mean, they're they're very absorbent material. Yes. And so even if he's regularly washing them... It's still it gonna, doesn't matter. Yeah, seep in. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He His clothes are still going to smell like it. It's going to be in like his hair and everything. He's going to smell awful, which is going to impact how everybody at work <laughs> interacts with him. So it just... No. <laughs> Couple with that, the the smell of the bodies that he's cutting up... And that are rotting because he didn't even put the body parts in the containers in a fridge or throw them away. He wrapped them in plastic cling wrap and left them on the counter. He didn't even put them anywhere. He left them on the counter. That's going to stink very quickly. Yeah. All I can say is he's lucky that he lived on his own. Yes. Because if he lived in an apartment... He would not have gotten. Oh, no. No, someone would have noticed the smell from just the animals very quickly. And he would have been reported and probably thrown out. So he was very, very lucky that he lived on his own. We're not sure of the situation. They didn't really explain it. I'm surprised that there weren't home visits. If there's court-appointed psychiatrist visits Mm. and check-ins at work... 
how are they not checking in with him at home? to see the state that he's living in and making sure that he is able to take care of himself with any kind of competency. That's very true. I didn't think about that. We should have looked that up. Dang it. It just made sense that they would have someone check in on him at least once and mention that, you know, if you, it's great that you have a pet. It's good for your mental health. I'm sure it helps you get more exercise and be out, get fresh air, have that companionship. But if you can't take care of the animal, then you shouldn't have it. (laughs) Because you're doing a disservice to both you and the pet at that point. Yeah. So, no. (laughs) So, it just... The movie's not very realistic in the biggest ways to me like the just the timeline of events and how the different characters would have interacted with him smell wise if nothing else (laughs) everything else was great and the movie itself again was very very entertaining i just feel like the realism kind of dove off a cliff (laughs) a little bit yeah Oh, also the the old house that his mother was in, that died in, I feel like it would have been in more of a state of disrepair. And I'm wondering why he didn't just live there. Yeah, that's true. You know, and as I think about it, you know, I forgot the the access panel that he went down from his bathroom. Oh, the gas line. Yeah, it's like a little bit convenient that there's yes. a gas line for someone to step on mm-hmm. and then the whole thing blows up. Yeah. But then also, man, now it's like... Okay. Once you start really looking at it, you can poke holes in so much. I'm revising my rating <laughs> down to a three. <laughs> yeah. So. There's something else I thought of. I can't remember. You know, yeah, it's like Lisa, like, why didn't she go down the access panel when she locked herself in the bathroom? She didn't know about it. She thought it was just a vent. That's true, but it's like, wouldn't you try and at least open it? Not necessarily. She was looking for an immediate weapon, not necessarily an escape route. She didn't see an immediate escape route. She was at least smart by finding a weapon. Until she dropped it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. But. Okay. Yeah. But definitely, if you haven't seen this one, uh, I definitely recommend it. Oh, yeah. 100% recommend. So definitely worth the the watch. Yes. But thank you, everyone, for joining us today and comment on what you thought of the movie. If you'd like to recommend a movie, game, or tea and keep up to date with our content, you can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And most places you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe, like, and share our content. We do have a Teespring and PayPal and our affiliate link with Plum Deluxe available if you'd like to support us monetarily. All of those links will be (laughs) down below. (laughs) Until the next time, guys, stay safe and stay spoopy. Bye! Bye.